The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That came from. Wait, um, what is what is the blue versus the gray? You know, the Civil War. Oh, oh that. That one. I was like, I was the like, I was like War. six months old then. <laughs> I was a, I was a general. <laughs> All right. Paula wasn't live? even a twinkle in her parents' eye. Uh, yeah, we're live. Oh, we're live. Whoops. Sorry. Oh, and we're live. Oh, hello. It is Tuesday, <laughs> what October twelfth, two thousand twenty-one, five o two p.m. We are two minutes late today because uh, I had uh, a, a personal matter to deal with. Uh, Kate just was late, and uh, <laughs> then Kate and I both signed in to the the command account. Uh, and uh, neither of us could start the show because we were both logged in. So, you know, it was just one of those big uh, screw-up situations. We've had a lot of questions about David's album cover picture, which uh, you'll all be pleased to know that Rick Grinnell, the former ambassador to the Federal Republic of Germany and the acting director of National Intelligence... Former acting. Former, has called creepy... Um, uh, even though there were no mention of feet anywhere in connection to it. Like a little pot kettle, I feel like. Yeah. Um, well, so, uh, David, uh, yeah. what is the story? How did you come clarify. by this excellent picture let, that let so me, antagonizes Rick Grinnell? Let me clarify. Rick Grinnell did not mention feet in his comment, but I can confirm. I have just checked. I have two feet. So we, we're fine. We're set. Right. And do you post pictures of them ever? I told this, you that conversation was terrible. Has never happened, <laughs> my knowledge. We're just having way too much fun with it. No. But there is a story behind said picture, which has nothing yeah, to do fun. with um, Rick Grinnell's, you know, creepy stalking. Um, so the one holiday a year that is most special in my family and always has been and always will be is Halloween. And we have begun celebrating already, and we use up most of the power in the Washington Capital region each year with all of our yard lights and decorations and moving creepy things to scare anybody who drives or walks by. That's just what we do. I love it. Um, as such, we have always been fans as uh, a couple, and now as a couple with children, um, of Halloween parties, uh, adult or otherwise. And a few years ago, my wife and I attended one such party and my character, which I, I believe Ben copied and pasted into the note for this in lieu of fun, was the character Les Grossman from Tropic Thunder. Uh, Tom Cruise's, I think one of his best characters because it was so minimal and you didn't actually have to see Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> and so we decided to go all out and we, we tried to make it as literally as specific as possible with the same watch, the same bow tie, the same suspenders, the same shirt, as much as we could, uh, including me having to find some hair that I could paste on around here to, to look like the character. Cause he had some hair around here. Um, but it worked. And that is the fuzzy picture because the ones that are actually high resolution, nobody needs to see. It's just too creepy. 
Um, Rick Grinnell may be right. I think the character is just mm -hmm. off enough, but I'm not sure that's what he was going for. I think he was trying to find a way to get back at Ben for his subtle poking. Yeah. I love Ben. Um, all right, so David, you are here to play Where's the Lie? Um, for those who need a refresher on the rules of Where's the Lie, David is going to tell a story. It may be true, it may be false. Kate doesn't know, I don't know, the audience doesn't know. Uh, the audience is yeah, already voting on whether the story you haven't yet told is a lie. You are allowed to change your vote at any time, uh, including, you know, if David's nose starts growing when it reaches here, you might change your vote to yes. Uh, when the story is done, uh, Kate and I will each ask three questions. We will bring on members of the audience who can ask three questions. We will all give our sense the we of whether this story is true or false. The audience will cast its final ballots. Uh, it's like, you know, the Virginia election. Voting is already underway, but it doesn't end until November 2nd or whatever. And then we will do the big reveal. So, David, uh, the floor is yours. Okay, let me reconfirm or is, is it this, confirming i think it's confirming I, I have, i'm gonna proffer a guess as to what your story is about is this going to be one of your three questions you're giving one up already no. i think that your is your story are you is it going to involve you having hair at some point in your life because i no, firmly no believe that, that you, oh no, yes that exactly no yes. one would buy it okay i'm um, glad that <laughs> that said i should pull up a picture because when i was a wee lad I did have a, a nice set of uh, blonde locks on this head. Which is really hard to imagine, I have oh, to say. Oh, tell me about like it. really I see hard the picture, to imagine. I see the picture and I don't recognize anything about it, so I think it's, it's probably fake news. But I did end up darkening the hair, and then somewhere around 15, 16, it was receding. And so by the time I got to college, I was doing that weird thing where you're still trying to grow it, so there might have been some you know, mullet in the back and nothing in front activity, which uh, th those files are permanently sealed. And then in graduate school, I learned that I needed to cut it, cut it to the skin. So and how does is... that not like the back hair folded over the front, not keep you out of the agency? Oh, I didn't do that. By then I had it down. down I to see. Here. Okay. So yeah, this has been this is a decades long phenomenon. Um, yeah, it's like you and Vladimir Lenin. It's like that Lenin was also Lenin. like bald at a very very young age uh and radical revolutionaries as well that's the overlap. yes yeah, that's right, the other right. similarity yeah, that's the um, okay <laughs> let me confirm that when ben when you told me that i had to you know have make a story for this the idea was 10 to 15 minutes is the ideal time it can be 10 right. Don't, do, don't do what Virginia did. Virginia Heffernan did it what? in three sentences. Okay, that's um, not a story. Which, that's a haiku which, or a... Yeah, it was oh, kind yeah. of a haiku. And then Dwayne Betts went on for 45, 50 minutes. Yeah. I, I will um, go no longer than 35 minutes, I promise. <laughs> um, and oh, I, one other rule, Yeah. which is for the audience, not for you. You are not allowed to use Google, Bing, 
or any other real-time search engine or fact-checking device enabled to you by modern I'm technology. I'm going to use Bing right now to see what Bing's market share is. Um, <laughs> which is what everyone was thinking at that you moment. You cannot fact-check, David. No duck, duck, go. None of this. Hmm. Like, you got to use your own mind and debate in the, in the, uh, in the Greek chorus. So, okay. David, the floor is yours. All right. Um, I will try to keep it to 10 to 15 minutes by adjusting my notes accordingly. Um, okay, so... You wrote notes? It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> Wait, wrong note card. That's my next Lawfare article. Um, okay. So, this is a story from uh, before I actually joined the, the CIA. This is a story from when I was a graduate student at Duke University, and I was conducting my field research. Uh, this is why I, you know, for the purposes of this story, I allow Ben to call me Mr. Priest instead of Dr. Priest, because I had not yet attained the doctorate. Um, I was teaching a class. You at, were at the time, I think, Master Priest. I, I may have been a master. Uh, I'm not sure I'd earned the title yet, but I- No, I but were been. you married yet? I was not. Yeah, maybe. so you would have been technically master priest. Oh, my. Um, so there I was teaching a class because at Duke, they allowed me as a graduate student to uh, those poor seniors to teach a senior seminar. And so I had a group of students and we had spent the semester talking about international conflict and violence, which is just a laugh every week. And Near the end of the term, I told the students, some of whom had asked about me teaching another class. So some of them were gluttons for punishment. And I, I said, I'm sorry, I'm not teaching. There's the anyone. lie. No well, one would ever take your class. Like, <laughs> no one would ever take my class, right? Yeah. Um, I, I told them, sorry, next semester, uh, spring semester, I guess it would be, I'm, I'm actually going to the Middle East to do my research for my, uh, for my doctorate. So no class. And then, at the end, there was a guy who was auditing the class. His, um, I, I can't remember his name, but he, he came up at the end of class and said, hello, because he was British, so they all say hello. And he said, hello. hello. Yes, uh, cheerio. And he said, you know, where, where in the Middle East are you going? I'm not gonna do the accent the whole time. I won't punish you. But where he said- in the, Where in the Middle East are you going, sir? <laughs> he said, <"Indeed." laughs> And I told him, you know, I'm, I've, I've scheduled, you know, do Yemen, Jordan, uh, Kuwait, Qatar, United Arab Emirates, a, a few countries in and around the Arabian Peninsula. And he said, oh, Qatar, that's interesting. Not too many people go there. This is before the American military and the natural gas and all that made Qatar a place that people actually went. It was a backwater. And he said, you know, do, do you have contacts in Qatar? And I said, well, no. No, I don't actually. Uh, that's a place, unlike some of the other countries where I hadn't yet made initial contacts for me to go and talk to and set up research involving foreign policy and national security. So he said, well, you know, I, 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 I know a guy. Um, I went to Sandhurst several years ago with um, Hamad al-Hawali, or I can't remember the exact name, but it's, I think it was Hamad. And he said, I went with Hamad al-Hawali and I'm pretty sure he's back in Qatar now. So, um, you know, let me let me give you the, the fax number I have for him. That's how we did things back then. Fax. Let me give you the fax number. 
Uh, maybe you can send him a note and, you know, meet him when he's there. He, he was a nice fellow. I said, okay. I go to the political science department fax machine at Duke and I send faxes, not only there, but to these other countries to set up meetings upon landing. And what year is this? 18, no, uh, <laughs> this is <laughs> mid to late 90s. I just let you know that the Second Circuit just stopped using fax machines to distribute opinions. So, oh. like, this checks out, seems about right for government. That, that blows my story away. Uh, <laughs> so I send the fax and say, I'm going to be arriving on this date. I'm going to be staying at this hotel. Would love to talk with you. I got a recommendation from this bloke and would love to talk to you, um, you know, and maybe figure out you know, basically a way of making an introduction so that I can then try to get to people in the foreign ministry, people near the Emir, things like that. And I don't think another thing of it because he never replies by fax or by mail or by phone. Um, I land in Doha, the capital of Qatar, and I, I'm not a savvy person at this point. I'm, I'm pretty gullible, pretty naive, but I do notice you're that not the as I'm criminal that you are today. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> you know, from, from all those crystal meth arrests, I hadn't yet figured out the streets, but here at the airport, I did notice that there were a couple of people who were there at the gate who seemed to be looking at me and followed me all the way out um, through the airport. Uh, I guess they weren't being, you know, very, very secret about it because even I noticed and I was not trained to notice such things. Um, I get to the hotel, I check in, and as I finish checking in, they usually take your passport at many foreign hotels, and they did here too, they take my passport. And right when they take the passport, uh, a man in a, a thobe, the traditional uh, dress in the Arabian Gulf, walks up and and he says, you know, Mr. Priest. I said, yes, yes, I am. And he said, uh, I would like to talk to you for a minute. Would you come with me, please? He said, don't do oh, it. Don't I wonder, do it. <laughs> I wonder if it's this Hamad guys like, uh, you know, his assistant or uh, a brother or a cousin or something. I don't know. Um, and he walks me over to some couches in this lobby in this moderate hotel. And sitting there is also a man in a military uniform, uh, another Arab, looks Gulf Arab to me. Um, and he says, you know, this is my colleague. I'm so-and-so. I can't remember his name. And he said, uh, you know, we'd like to ask you some questions. Uh, what are you doing in, in Qatar? I said, well, I'm doing research for my dissertation. Oh. That's interesting. What, what are you what are you researching? And I tell him the basics of it, international alliances and how they form and how they fall apart. Um, who are you talking to when you're here? I said, well, that's that's to be determined, isn't it? Uh, I'm hoping to talk to people in the government and figure out what's going on. And uh, have you have you reached out to anyone in advance of your trip? What? Why, yes, I have. There was one guy I sent a fax to a few months ago um, and and how did he respond to your message? I said, I, actually, he has not responded to my message. I haven't heard anything. And then he looks at me, he leans in and he looks at me and says, no, you can tell me what he said. And my antenna weren't fully up at that point, but at that point, what the although why not? Why not? an interesting yeah, question. Like, at this point, I just thought it was a very friendly country and why? Asking, Why would you think that? Well, I like, don't know. It just, it seemed to me, you know, here I am. I have not traveled to the Gulf before. It's the first time in the region. Uh, people are 
extremely friendly, uh, especially if it's someone that you know and it's a connection, personal connection. I think I had come from Kuwait where I had some connections to, to other people that I'd been introduced to. And it was this kind of thing where you would meet somebody who would have heard of you from somebody else and they would you know, take you out to lunch and drive you around town and do favors for you. So I thought maybe this guy's being friendly. He was decidedly not friendly. Um, it became what I can only call an interrogation. It was, it was not a physical coercive interrogation. This always sounded like an interrogation, by but, the way. Right. <laughs> like, was, from yeah, the moment they uh, said, can we come and ask you some questions? I think that that would be like my big tip off. <laughs> time and time and time again, he asks over the course of probably an hour, um, what have you heard from him? Uh, when did he respond to you? Uh, what did he say to you? Where are you meeting him? Why didn't um, you bing this guy and find out who he was before you faxed him? Sorry, I'm asking my questions in the middle of the story. Sorry. Because you can't. This was the 1990s. I'm I not know, even sure. You could have yahooed him. I was him. joking. I was, was ask Jeeves. What but the I fuck did is Jeeves for except for moments like um, this? Let me tell you, here's, here's, here's what happened next. Is after about an hour of questions with the military person sitting there just staring at me the entire time, not asking a question, not interacting, not reacting. I assumed he was alive, but I didn't check his breathing. He just stared through me. At the end, the gentleman in the thobe gets up and he hands me a card and he said, hi, and, and it showed he was someone from the intelligence directorate. And he said, you know, when, when Hamad does contact you here, you will give me a call. I say, okay. Well, the very next day, I was scheduled to go to the U.S. Embassy, which, again, this is... How would this guy contact you? Just carry a fax machine around with you or something? <laughs> you know, sorry, like... by the way, you are now at negative three questions. I'm I think sorry. You've asked six already. So you're done. I'm being you're very bad. I'm sorry. And the next day, I'm scheduled to go to the American Embassy because I tried to do that everywhere I went because if you talk to the political counselor or someone they might actually be close to somebody in government that they could introduce me to. So it's a good way of getting a head start on these conversations that I needed to have for my research. So I'd already scheduled to go to the American embassy, which was very, very small at the time. It was not the huge fortress embassy that's there now. Although the fifth, tiny. the fifth fleet was there, right? Uh, no, Bahrain had the fifth fleet. So they okay. had a robust embassy, but Gutter was a small house that was very vulnerable and ended up getting... Inman standard defenses and things. Are but I go sure to the embassy. Qatar. Qatar. It has a the Q is a is a glottal stop. Qatar. And so I go to the American embassy in Qatar. And I'm scheduled to meet with the ambassador. And I sit with him and he asks about the research and I tell him and he gives me a couple of ideas of people to connect with. He doesn't make any calls for me, so damn him. But at the end, before I'm about to go, I say, you know, Mr. Ambassador, there's there's one thing I want to bring up. Something funny happened to me last night when I got here. And he sits back and says, what do you mean funny? And I explained to him how I'd sent this fax to Hamad and Hawali and people had followed me. And then they talked to me for an hour uncomfortably uh, in the hotel and said what they were looking for. Um, I had not given him the guy's full name. I think I had said this, this guy named Hamad or something. And he's just sitting there listening and getting increasingly furrowed in his brow as he realizes, I have an American citizen who's being interrogated by the local intelligence service. 
Um, you can almost see the gears turning. Do I need to intervene? What do I need to do? And so finally he asks, uh, I'm sorry, what, what was the full name of the person you sent this communication to? And I said, uh, it was Hamad Muhammad al-Hawali. And then his furrowed brow goes to wide eyes to face palm. Because this guy's been executed for something. N not quite. <laughs> what he said to me was, David, do you remember the attempted coup against the emir last year? I said, why, yes, as a student of Gulf politics, I'm aware. And he said, well, the military commander who had not gone that to Sandhurst, apparently, <laughs> who had been the military guy on the ground to help the former emir get back his job, um, that was Hamad Muhammad al-Hawali, and they have been looking for him nonstop for the last 10 months, and this is probably the first lead they've had. Congratulations, <laughs> you are in the middle of a coup investigation, and they think you're the best lead they've ever had. And I said, um, you believe me that I'm not involved in a coup? And I give him credit. He just stopped and looked at me for a few seconds. <laughs> he, he just looked and said, hmm. Yeah, I believe you. I believe you. He said, let me make a call to the Emir's palace and, you know, we'll get this turned off right away. And sure enough, the next day there was no one following me. I never heard a word about it again. But it was a very awkward story when I did apply to CIA when they ask about any interaction yeah, have with you foreign had any foreign services. contacts from yeah. foreign intelligence services you know, for, you know are why you, are you, yes did you have contact with foreign intelligence the service? yes i was Qatar. i was interrogated by one um have you ever fostered a, a revolution against the u.s government <laughs> well not the u.s government but you know some <laughs> allied governments i've been accused of it um that is that is you, the story i came with i will now that? entertain questions from anyone but kate oh, i know i ruined them all all right. So, if you have questions, questions, flag them in the Q. Flag yourself in the Q and A. Um, and oh, there are regular questions in here, but we're not taking regular questions. So, uh, can flag, I start? Yeah, I you really start, not Kate. have any questions. No, no, no you um, have questions. How much did it cost to send a fax long distance to Cutter from in like eighteen forty two? Those are two separate questions. Uh, the passenger pigeons were too expensive, right? So um, um, how much did it cost is different than how much did I pay? How much did oh. it cost? I have no clue because I didn't pay. The political science department was willing to eat the cost of faxes for research purposes. Hmm. All right. We have uh, uh, members of the audience coming on. I want to ask um, about the um, uh, the everything about this seems real to me. Why you were not uh, more aware of the coup situation going on in Qatar that this name wouldn't have uh, raised any flags with you? I was aware as a student of gulf politics that there had been a coup attempt from the emir's father who had been basically booted out ran to switzerland absconded with billions of dollars um, i knew that he had had some attempt to get back in 
but the things I had read said he did not get back in and the few people on the ground that were involved were wrapped up pretty easily. I never saw names in any of those reports. So I would not have known that this person, um, Hamad al-Hawali, was a person of interest. And why did you just read that name? Is that because uh, you don't actually remember the story that you told? You're just working off of the same notes that you were working off of before? I'm I'm just telling you that I, I have notes and those help jog my memory in these times when memories are hard to uh, to recall. Mm-hmm. Kate? Kate? I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I wasted all my... Thinking? I know. Uh, it's, um... I think that there's, uh... Are you trying to look into my soul? Is that what yeah. you're doing? There's some soul spying trying to, I know, it's like here. the gift of the magi, but with like your, like, but with your, but through Zoom. Um, I can never look into your eyes. I have to always be looking, unless I'm looking at the camera. So anyways, there's a, I think that there is, um, what was your research on? Like that you needed to go to Qatar and all these My... other places. Let me, re- hold on, let me grab it. I will read you my dissertation and filibuster this. Um, <laughs> no. the, uh, the topic was why do alliances break apart? And my specific focus area was Middle Eastern alliances, which I then took, you know, the lessons, how my hypothesis worked out. I applied it to NATO and other alliances, which people actually cared about. So for me, I went to the Gulf region as a political scientist trying to get elite decision makers trying to talk to foreign ministers or people in the Amiri palace, which was a bad idea because that's a really stupid thing to do as a grad student because they don't want to talk to you. But I had reasonable success there uh, actually getting to some former leaders and even some current ones. Um, But it was tough in countries like uh, like Qatar, where I didn't have the contacts as much. So, you know, you do the best you can. And how did Qatar figure into this? uh dissertation so like what was the what was the what was the theory of the case that like cutter mattered for purposes of your dissertation um cutter mattered for the purposes of my dissertation because my two in-depth primary case studies were the arab cooperation council which nobody has ever heard of because it only lasted a couple of years before iraq invaded kuwait and it was made up of Iraq, Jordan, Yemen, and Egypt, and the enduring alliance of the Gulf Cooperation Council, which was Saudi Arabia, Oman, the UAE, Qatar, Bahrain, and Qatar. So I was going to as many countries as I could in a reasonable amount of time to talk to the leaders of the countries of those alliances to get that they're thinking about why the alliance endured or why the alliance collapsed. In the GCC case, it was about endurance. In the ACC case, it was about collapse. So Gutter was important for that, in part because I got a visa and could get in. All right. So KK, do you want to save your third question until later? Okay, so do I. I mean her 30th question. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, over 10. All right, Charles, you get three questions. All right, I, I guess my I, the one that I really thought of is 
who was the ambassador to Qatar at the time that you were there? Min kana safiri la Qatar for the walked. Um Ben, let me clarify the rules. The audience is not allowed to Bing or Google. What about the guest? Um, <laughs> the, guest the guest is not really either. Um, okay. Although, um, okay. then uh, I will give my answer. Um, my my answer is um, Ambassador William Theranos. <laughs> Excellent. Well played. Um, trying to think of other questions I might have. Um, oh, the uh, you said the British. Uh, remember the name of the British guy you talked to in your class? The one in my class? Yeah. No, he was British, and as a patriotic American, I reject all British influence and attempts to recolonize the North American continent. <laughs> yeah, but you take Duke. suggestions on where to, like, who to hang out with in, like, a I, foreign country. Yeah, yeah, I would like to have a word with him now, but um, <laughs> I would. I do not remember his name, and I do have a a reason for it, which is that he was auditing the class. Because he was, obviously, if he'd been to the military academy, Sandhurst, he... He was not taking the class as a as a senior uh, undergrad at Duke. He was basically auditing the class just because that was a topic he was doing while he was doing other research there. So I don't even remember. I don't. I don't know if I recognized him. If 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 I don't know if I saw him. If I would even recognize him. Cool. And I guess last question: uh, Did you what, did you see El Uday at the airbase when you were there? Had it not been set up yet? Um. El Uday Air Base, for those of you who are not familiar, because yes, I've kept up on the country since my uh, story. Um, El Uday Air Base is a hugely massive airfield and support structure and pre-positioning site set up on the peninsula of Qatar, which juts into the Arabian Gulf or Persian Gulf, depending on which side you're on. And it is the center of so much that happened with Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, it is also gutters get out of jail free card. If they piss off somebody in the region too much, they think the United States has so much invested there that we will help them. Um, Al Udaid may have been a small landing strip at the time, but it was not the huge base that it was. The thing I remember from that time was that gutter knew that it had large reserves of natural gas but they hadn't started exploiting them yet once they started exploiting those reserves that's when everything became huge so i did not go to alu date unless i accidentally walked across a strip in the sand and didn't know it all right fine questions charles we're going to uh wait let's get charles to just give his his whether or not he believes him now oh no 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 we're gonna save oh, that to the end, end. we're gonna okay. banish you to the left hand corner here we're okay. not going to dismiss you. Uh, Paula, uh, you get three questions. Um, my first question is, why not contact the U.S. Embassy before you get there? Um, you're a Ph.D. student going through a program. I think you should maybe be contacting the embassy before you land. No? Um, yes, and I did. That is why I had an appointment with the ambassador the morning after I arrived. That's so Ambassador had... Theranos? Am... Yes, Ambassador. <laughs> William Theranos. I believe, yeah. I believe it's pronounced Theranos. Um, okay, I see. But yes, I had an appointment with the ambassador at each country I went to. I tried to set an appointment with someone at the embassy, anybody who would see me well enough in advance in 
Kuwait, I believe it was the political counselor. In Yemen, it may have been the deputy chief of mission or political counselor. In, uh, in Jordan, I think it was like the press officer because they have much more pressing business. But in, um, in Qatar, they, they didn't have so much to do that they could prevent the ambassador from seeing me. So that's why I got the appointment with him. Or he was just a nice guy. I don't know. All right. Your second question. Pretty much, I'm convinced he's saying gutter. Like, I'm 100% convinced. It's the closest pronunciation. My Arabic teacher taught me that, that I did. I did Mother. take Arabic in graduate school. And my Arabic teacher taught me that even though it looks like a Q in most transliterations, you pronounce it like a G, but you pronounce it as far back in your throat as possible. So it's almost like you're swallowing your tongue. So it's like, <laughs> am I allowed to refute? This yeah, how do you how do you pronounce it, me. Paula? I don't want to sound stupid. Uh, 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 uh. He would make me practice letters wanna... over and over. And You're over a native again, speaker. So. I don't want to. Well, I, mean, I don't know if I'm native. It was spoken at home. I don't want to embarrass my ancestors. It's your first language, right? No, it's not. It was born in the United States. Yeah, but you were but you were it was spoken at home. What 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 uh? They weren't teaching me Arabic at home. What language did your parents speak English. to you? English. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, Ben. I, I hear quality <laughs> English skills. Um, did you have a connecting flight? Because it's kind of a long way to the Middle East. Um, it, it, it was a long way to the Middle East. And I believe on my way to the Middle East, I had a connecting flight. Where? But my flight to Qatar was probably from Kuwait or from Doha and like just save yes, us all. My, <laughs> my my flight into Doha was probably from Kuwait or from the United Arab Emirates. I don't recall which one at this time. Okay, gotcha. Um, <laughs> my third question is, so how do you like explain these um, instances to the CIA? Like, that you just like accidentally stumbled into this and like missed a lot of red flags like i want to if you could explain how that unfolded that would be wonderful um as i recall my discussions with the cia about this were like my discussions with the cia about everything else when i applied which is complete and total honesty and forthrightness because that is what was recommended said if you try to hide something we may know it already, in which case you're screwed, or we may not know it, but we will detect that you're being deceptive. And basically they're they're like an institutional Kate Klonick, right? So they will know that you're lying and we will find out anyway. And I actually took that advice. So, you know, I told them about the time that I peeked in my sister's closet when I was like seven years old to find out what she got me for my birthday. And they said, we don't need to hear that shit, stop. That's too much detail. Um, so I have no doubt that I told them the full story and then let them roll their eyes at how naive I was. All right. We are banishing Paula to the left-hand corner. It sounds so And um, that brings us to Daniel, uh, who is in his native habitat, looking <laughs> mysterious. All right. Um, you get three questions, Daniel. Can I ask a rules question first about sure. the game? Can I ask a question of the person of a person not telling the story? Ooh, this is fun. I think no. that's 
No. And does it count as one of the three questions? I'm happy for it to count as one of the three questions. I think I think you can. Why 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 no, Kate? I don't know. I don't like Daniel. <laughs> okay. Um, Just yes, kidding, Daniel. Because, of course, because, because Kate's answer is completely irrational. Yes, Daniel, you, you can. Um, Ben, have you heard a story like this from David before and working with him, or anything that bears similarities to it? I have never heard a story remotely like this. But I have also never heard stories about David's dissertation research in general. And so it's not, I haven't heard anything that conflicts with this at all. And would it have killed you to ask Mr. Willis? <laughs> um, what's the currency? And what's the talk? I'm sorry, what's the currency? Yeah, what's the currency named? The currency? is power <laughs> sorry i almost i almost kept the straight face i believe the currency is the real close enough <laughs> okay Daniel. i don't have any more questions okay oh, wow oh that's a lot of a lot of emphasis he's putting on two answers Ben, you're muted. So before we go on here, I have to clean up something with Paula here. That's not banishment. Um, who, um, who has asked whether her speaking skills in English are so bad that I thought she was not native speaking. Oh my speaking. God, no. And that is but not I, what happened. You should totally make Ben feel bad um, about this. No, you shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I assumed you were uh, native Arabic speaking because you told me once that you spoke Arabic at home. Do you know and how so, I learned how to speak Arabic? So I assumed it was your first language and that you, uh, uh, because I knew your family were Lebanese immigrants and you told me you spoke Arabic at home. Um, I learned a Arabic. A little bit racist. Yes. <laughs> you know, if David had told me he spoke, you know, Careful. Uh, he Careful. spoke, uh, uh, Russian at home, I would have assumed that Russian was his first language. Russian? No, I was. I, was I don't joking. know. I was just using. Russians don't speak Russian at home. I was joking. I learned Arabic from TV shows, from being forced to watch Arabic dramas. Like, you know how, like, there's really bad, like, American oh, dramas. I, I, I remember them those. well. Yes. Yeah. That's Egyptian how I TV. Arabic. Egyptian mm -hmm. TV. Actually. That is uh, fabulous. Um, all right, so we are bringing everyone back. Charles, whose who's Arabic is excellent. Daniel, who can do in two questions what most people require three to do. And Paula. Um, uh, but first, Kate, you and I both have one more question, right? Oh, really? Yeah, David. Yeah. We reserved our questions. Have you, um, was it your first time to Doha? It, it was my first time to Doha, yes. Um, Where are you going with that? I don't no, know, I didn't have another question. Okay, here's my, uh, my final question, which is at any point in this interaction, 
where you're confronted by somebody you at some point realize is an intelligence chief or an intelligence guy for the Qatari uh, military or secret police. Were you scared? Yes. Um, as I'm sat down in the lobby and there's someone in a military uniform um, and the questions turn to more accusations than pure questions, I, I felt uncomfortable. Uh, two things, I think, in my favor, even as the younger version of myself, I think. One is I was generally a trusting, friendly person. So my first instinct even then was not um, assume the worst. And second, Gutter was a friendly country. Um, we, we were cooperating with them. We were in the process of building relations with them and projecting backwards. I, I have to think that somewhere in this brain was the logic of they would not actually hurt an American. So putting those two together, it, it helps me understand why I could be scared, but not not panicked. All right. So uh, members of the Greek chorus, this is your last chance to change your votes. So far, we have 55% who say that David is telling the truth, 45% uh, who think he's lying. Um, uh, so uh, let's um, uh, see how what direction that goes. Uh, Charles, what is your conclusion? So I lean, I guess I'm an analyst for a living, I lean towards a lie, but not a definite. Um, so what's your, is it I, my confidence low confidence probably, level? I would say uh, moderate confidence, low to moderate confidence. Low to moderate confidence toward the lie. Paula, what do you, how do you assess uh, uh Complete David's, answer in Arabic. Well, uh, Charles didn't answer in Arabic. Why should Paula? Um, I don't know. Like, it seems like, you know, when you watch a horror movie and you're like, there's no way someone would just keep proceeding in that situation. That's my first instinct. But they're like, he's joking so much about things he doesn't know that I can't imagine a CIA officer would come to the show for Where's the Lie and not be prepared. Um, so I'm going to go with lie just because i don't know maybe he just didn't prepare but the, the first one seems the first scenario seems off to me and what's your confidence level in that 51%. charles gave it low to low to moderate confidence i'm at 51 percent. oh so you're at very low confidence <laughs> okay uh daniel how do you assess this situation um so my instinct would say that he's lying, but the using the notes and something tells me this is a contrived act to think to get us to think he's lying. So I'm going to go with he's telling the truth. Interesting reverse psychology, Daniel. Layers it's kind of like layers. Kind of like backlighting. Um, <laughs> Kate, what's how? How do you assess this? Um, 
I think it's true. Kate's going with true. So we have a split. Two low confidence lie, two true. How confident are you in this? I'm like, <clears throat> I just don't want to believe that David would ever lie to me. So that's <laughs> that's that's most uh, of it. It's a bad basis you, for. That's a really poor basis for a confidence level. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, well, I think regulatory I, capture. I, by I also your just source. think that this is well. I also think that there is slightly like not enough payoff for this to be like made up. Like you'd make it a little bit bigger if you were going to make it up. Like, like I actually engineered. Like you a spent attempt. like a night in jail, and they took you to and tried to enter, and then you finally no like got out that. or like something. Everyone would have heard the story of the American student who was in jail in an allied country for a night because of a fax. That that probably would have crossed the threshold for at least for lawfare. We'd publish that shit, but yeah. I don't know. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I I, All right. I, yeah, so, so the audience final vote is uh, 57, 58% for David telling the truth, 42% for him lying. So we have a slight uh, plurality, kind of a slight edge toward telling the truth. I'm going to go with this as a lie. And I'll, uh, let me, let me uh, give my reasons here. Um, first of all, I think if you had met the ambassador, U.S. ambassador to Qatar, you would remember his name. Um, and I don't believe that William Theranos is a credible um, uh, uh, uh. Secondly, uh, when you uh, uh, went to look up the guy, the, to repeat the guy's name, you referred back to your notes. And I think that suggests that you wrote out some notes uh, and then you told the story off of them and then you needed to refer back to them. Though I acknowledge the, the Daniel possibility that that was a clever ruse to make us think you were lying when in fact you were telling the truth. I acknowledge that. I still think it just came off as, you know, a bit shady. Um, and uh, the final element is a question, is this Daniel's question to me. I kind of feel like I probably would have heard this story before uh, if it were true. So I am going to go Oh, Christopher Argerus says he has met Ambassador Theranos. Wait, Chris, are you, is that for real? Because it is a Greek name. Um, How much are you paying Chris? Oh, uh, Tammy just, uh, Tammy just stuck her head in the, in the Tammy room and Tammy counts as Googling. And Tammy, Tammy says that Ambassador Theranos is real, it's but that the name is wrong. She's a living okay. Google. You I am switching. No, 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 this is not, I did not Google it. I did You're not query Tammy. The rule Tammy just the came in and asked, I'm switching my cut vote. The whole story is true. David, uh, we need the big reveal. The big reveal is that every detail that I could remember is 100% true. 
here's, I, the, here's the thing. I could not remember the name of the ambassador, but I knew it was Greek, and I knew it began with "fa" uh, something. So and while you, you voted, just watched, and you just have been watching the Elizabeth Holmes trial. Correct. <laughs> it is Patrick Theros. Patrick not Theros. Okay. But that's pretty um, damn good. Tammy is nodding now. Considering um, I haven't interacted with the guy in Tammy almost thirty the years, that's not bad. So now, Tammy not only knew the person was real, but knew the real name of the person. And I knew it was wrong when I said it. That's why I said I can't remember, but I came up with the closest name I could, which is not bad considering I was operating from zero. But for, let me react. First to of all, wait a minute. Here. For to people, and I'm looking at you, Ann Kornhauser, who were saying in the, in the, in the uh, Greek chorus that I cheated. I sat here passively playing the game and my wife, who is not somebody whose uh, actions I control, ran in here and and, and exclaimed that, that ambassador is real, but the name is wrong. I pretty good. um, it's pretty good. And Christopher did it too. So yeah. I uh, I think this is kosher. This is people listening to the story, uh, bringing what they know to it. Okay, let me. Let me make a few comments on your comments. So, yes, everything that I did in this entire event was designed to trigger people to think I was lying because of the stupid pseudoscience that is out there about spy the lie and how to spot a liar. Like, you know, if you look up to the left, you're lying because you're recalling things from your creative side or vice versa, or you need to look at notes to remember things. All of that was indeed contrived. I'm sorry, Ben. Daniel, spot on. Um, it's a simple story. It's, it's, it's true. It was naivete, probably, that had me wondering what was going on. But I will say, what was I going to do in that case? You know, what, what, what's the alternative for somebody who's not naive? Is you get confronted when you have no passport, you're in the hotel, you go running out the front door screaming for the police when the intelligence officers are the ones asking you questions plus they weren't doing anything really physical or uncomfortable it was just asking me a whole lot of questions about this one guy who i knew i had no contact with um paula you you made the point you know well you know you really knowing you were coming on here shouldn't you have prepared and known the name of these people you give a lot more credit to how much time I have that I can prepare tell a story. I did not research any of this. I just run and haven't even like yeah. brushed my hair. Like, I went straight, just... straight, straight from this. Um, ben, the fact that you called me a bit shady is a step up from Rick Grinnell, who said I was creepy. So I'll yeah, take that. I, I've no, I would never say you were creepy. That's good. And and Kate, I would I would never lie to you unless it were a game. That was designed to lie to you. That's built into the process. But it wasn't wrong. Yeah. 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 So, by the way, do be careful of all of the pop psychology that tells you all the ways that human beings lie. It is highly culturally dependent. It, it varies more across individuals um, than it than it centers on uh, individuals. And. There are some ways that you can do physiological stuff. The polygraph is inherently flawed, but there are some things that show stress. It doesn't show lying, but lying is the most common thing that causes them. But the stuff that you can observe, unless you really know the person and their habits really, really well, you can actually 
put yourself in the wrong direction pretty damn easily going with those uh those courses online and those books that people sell saying i can tell if somebody's lying by watching them for 30 seconds no you know i did a few touches of my face because that's a common one when you're trying to recall something i did a few looks at the notes um don't buy into that stuff people show discomfort in very different ways for very different reasons for all you knew that's i had gas and that's why i was shifting in my seat tmi please let that be the lie all right <laughs> we are going to leave it there david priest you're a great american you're uh you're uh, a creepy guy i even know this from official official u.s government sources um by the way you're a hero in the federal republic of germany um from Why? because he pissed off rick grinnell who's like oh. uh the most hated man there uh in modern times um, Can we just have like five seconds for who this guy is and why everyone, why you and Scott and David are always making fun of him? So Rick Grinnell is a Twitter troll, uh, a right-wing Twitter, Twitter troll who uh, saw an opportunity to praise Donald Trump a lot and uh, was rewarded for this by being made ambassador to Germany where he took his Twitter troll ways and pissed off the entire country for a number of uh, years. Uh, and then to reward him for was that- Was he like, oh my God, this place does beer and pretzels all wrong? Like, was that like mostly his Twitter feed for I, I mean, years? it was bad. Um, uh, and he was, uh, Merkel hated him and uh, he was a, um, uh, and then uh, he, uh, Trump brought him back and installed him as the acting director of national intelligence, where he, uh, 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 which was much, uh, uh, caused much consternation in the intelligence community. And then eventually he left and went back to being a Twitter troll. And Scott Shapiro and I adore him because... Um, we have found that he will respond to any any provocation i mean if you um if you tweet something like really grade school level at him he like cannot resist responding and <laughs> so scott and i find this uh ever so amusing and um uh recently he, um, the reason we have been uh, particularly amused by him recently is that he uh, decided that my efforts to get Paula some more additional Twitter followers over the weekend was a creepy reflection of my interest in foot fetishism. Um, I wonder where he which, got that idea. Which, which I, <laughs> you know, um, of, of, of which I plead actually that... Um, uh, uh, I have really was just dumbfounded by the idea of selling foot picks, uh, which all watchers of this show know. So um, that is the story of Rick Grinnell. So he uh, he went after Paula over the weekend um, on Twitter, which was not nice. And uh, we all go as Rick Grinnell for Halloween. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> um, and David, you should follow Paula back on, on Twitter. 
Um, and uh, and so uh, Rick Grinnell, if you're listening, uh, you are not a great American, but you are welcome on the show. Uh, Scott and I would love to have you on the show so we can taunt you and uh, make fun of you. We think that would be fun. Um, and also because Paula has some questions for you about feet. Um, we are going to leave it there. Kate, who's going to be our guest tomorrow? Emily Oster is coming on. Emily um, Oster. Yeah. The American economist, professor at Brown University, author of Expecting Better, um, and uh, is going to talk about childcare uh, post-COVID. And yeah, just generally about her work. I'm really excited. I've been a fan of hers for a long time, so. That is exciting. Ross yep. Lander has a very interesting suggestion, KK, in the, in the chat that I think you should take a look no, at. No, I'm not doing that. Mm -mm. <laughs> no, mm -mm. no, only nice people get paper bag puppets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, Rick Grinnell denied. Um, we will be back tomorrow, 23 hours and two minutes from now, with Emily Oster, but not with Rick Grinnell. Uh, and until then, David? There is no fun. We don't have fun anymore. Right. But yeah. we do have... Fax machines. <laughs> Ambassador Theranos. <laughs> Yes, and we do have Ambassador Paul Theros. See you later, guys.